Hello and welcome. You are tuned into EmbeddedStrategies.com podcast with your host, Cesar Ramirez. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Embedded Strategies podcast. I am excited to announce this is episode one. My name is Cesar Ramirez, and I like to introduce myself as an average Joe, just really looking to inspire others on the blessings I have received in this wonderful world, which we call internet marketing. It is my hope that you receive enough value so that you can believe in yourself to go out and make it happen in your business, relationships, and life goals to do what you want when you want. The intention of this podcast is to share with you what has been working for people looking to share their entrepreneurship ventures and lifestyle, what it took them to get from employee mindset to full-time entrepreneur. If given the choice, most people would rather be working on their own schedule than having to drive to a job they don't necessarily love or enjoy. Whether you're looking for part-time income or full-time income, may these tips and stories help you grow. In this episode, we will be drilling Mrs. Jessica Higdon, who I actually met a little bit over seven years Years ago at an internet marketing convention. She's a newly full-time mom to the beautiful Sabrina, her daughter, and alongside my mentor, her husband, Ray Higdon, which we'll feature him in a different podcast. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Mrs. Jessica Higdon out of Florida. Jessica, I really appreciate you taking the time to spend some time with me on your busy schedule. I know being a full-time mom and having that lovely life is, is what we all strive for, for being free. So I, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time. Speaking of being a full-time mom, I had to sneak past my daughter sleeping, so <laughs> we're good how, now. How, how is Sabrina doing with all these? I know you're you're traveling to, last time I, I checked, I think you guys were at uh, Disney World, is that right? Yeah, we Just went re- to Disney, and then before that I was in Vegas, and then before that I went to San Francisco, so she's She's used to it now. She's used to mommy leaving and she's also used to being a part of everything. So she's been good. She's been a little trooper for sure. Well, awesome. I mean, being a a dad of three boys, I can always appreciate, you know, someone in this industry that can juggle both. And that's, that's kind of what I want to bring you out here today because that's really important for me is, is understanding how you balance that life out. The main idea here is I I want to launch a, a podcast to kind of focus on your story of how, how did you get to the point where you were, I believe, working at a with Brady at an um, insurance company? Uh-huh. At a, I don't know if that was your business or uh, if you were there, but I remember Ray kind of sharing me how you guys both met. And how did you transition from maybe working under someone else's time to the home-based business industry? What, what, what was that drive for you? I actually started working at an insurance company that wasn't um, minor, not at all. I was still going to college at the time, and I was working at the front desk of that uh, of that place. And Brady was a, a mutual friend of ours, um, of Ray and, and mine. And I actually didn't know Ray at the time, but he uh, he came in to do some marketing for them back when he was kind of trying to find himself and figure out what he wanted to do with his life. And he sure. came in one day. Brady called him in and. Um, started doing some some stuff with them and that's how we met and then one thing led to another and we just kind of started started hanging out and weren't dating at the time but it became friends and he didn't introduce me to my first network marketing company but he actually introduced me um, he was actually the first one to sign me up so I uh, I had been introduced to network marketing a few times before from the girls in the, in the office there and it always caught my eye but I never really 
made the transition into into it full time and I really didn't see it as a valuable option for me because I had this whole idea of going down the college path and actually working my way up with the company and, and everything like that. And he really brought that perspective to me because of the, the stories that he introduced me to. Um, not just because he was very persuasive in more ways than one, <laughs> but because <laughs> of just the stories and the people that I met um, along the way and just being around that environment. So I actually transitioned out of the insurance company and went into um, a department store working in retail. It was just a better fit for me. I've got to be around more people and I'm a big people person. And I wanted to work my way up in that company until I uh, had my, my first annual review there. And the guy, so the, the week before my annual review, I had put together this big event for the, uh, the makeup department, which is where I worked. I got in 50 women to come into the store that had never been in before. I sold them a ton of makeup. You know, they had a blast. The store got great reviews and just sold a lot of product of which I didn't get commission on all of it by far. You know, I helped a lot of my colleagues. And so I walked into this annual review thinking that I was going to get the best uh, regards from my boss. And that's not at all what happened. He actually came in there and told me that I, uh, I was late one Tuesday uh, a month ago, and that reflected badly, and he gave me a really, really bad annual review. And at the time, that made me so angry that I just wanted to find another option. But what I realize now is that he was afraid I was going to take his job. And mm. so I saw that happening over and over and over again even as young as I was, and I thought to myself, well, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't want to be constantly competing with people and the undermining, the backstabbing. And that's kind of what happens if you're in the wrong environment in corporate America, and it's easy to fall into. So I, I really looked more seriously at a home-based business and decided to get involved. And for the first six months, um, you know, I, I kind of dabbled here and there. I, I would talk to people here, talk to people there, never really taking it as seriously as I should, which I think a lot of us do. And then I was having some trouble with my bills. I remember I was driving my car. I remember like it was yesterday and I saw a dress in the window of one of these shops and I really, really wanted the dress and I knew I couldn't afford it. So I was thinking in my head and I'm sure anybody listening to this has had this happen before. Um, maybe you have Caesar too at some point. But I was thinking in my head, okay, I can move money around from my utility bill to pay this, or I can push this bill off so I can buy the dress and then the next week I'll get my paycheck. And I just thought to myself, stop. That is the worst mentality ever to have. Why am I going to even think like this and do things this way when I have this amazing vehicle in front of me that I'm not even taking advantage of? So I immediately just, it was almost like an instant decision. And I think that's really all it takes is really just making a decision and cutting off all other options because I looked at the alternative and the alternative was really, really bleak. And so mm -hmm. I, uh, I actually just went to, into the makeup counter. I told people that I was going to quit my job. I didn't know when that was going to be, but I was going to quit my job because I found something that worked for me. If anybody's interested, they can talk to me. And if not, that's okay. And I just talked to people differently when I made that decision. And that made all the difference in my business. So when I went to people with 
with that mentality versus, oh, I'm kind of doing this thing. Um, I got my first sign up. I hadn't signed anybody up in five or six months. And then I went looking for different ulterior um, or alternatives to, to building my business. And I found social media because I didn't have a huge war market. I, you know, signed a couple of people up, but that was about it. And long story short, I found a system that worked for me. And within 18 months, I was making 10,000 a month. And then from there, I went on to be the number one female income earner at 22 years old. And it was all from just making a decision. And that's, that's really what I attribute it to is just being pushed hard enough to, to go full force. So, so you really got sick and tired of uh, being sick and tired of, of dealing with that. And I, and I can definitely relate to that in, in the corporate world. One of the unfortunate parts, you were actually in a different setting uh, than I was. I was an engineer. And uh, I realized that sure. no matter, and if you know, salespeople at least have a good positive outlook at, at business. But even though, uh, like the situation you're in, I can relate to that. You know, you're still stepping on people's toes. Um, if you try to better yourself, you know, people feel threatened by you. And I, I remember walking into my, my engineering firm and I talked to one of the guys or he, he hit me with, Hey, why are you trying to change things? Like, you know, I was trying to bring a good positive mm-hmm. attitude to the team. And I said, you know what, you know, what's interesting is as soon as you said that, I won't mention names, but I said, I said as soon as you said that, uh, let's just call him Clark. Um, I, you, you triggered a thought that reminded me of a book that I was referred to called who moved my cheese. <laughs> uh huh. Remember that? And I said, this is you, man. You're the guy. You're the cheese guy. You're the, you're the rat that doesn't want things to be moved, you know? And so I, uh, I, I, I can definitely relate to that. I appreciate you sharing that story because it, it takes something like that to really trigger you to the next level. Um, and so did, did you see yourself prior in those 18 months, as soon as you started having some uh, success, did you, at one point, did you say, oh, wow, I'm no longer just a someone I am becoming a leader now what was that mindset change for you and um, what what kept you grounded in that change yeah Um, and by the way I want to say that I'm very grateful for those events that happened you know because they led to to where we are now and also I did end up going back to that makeup counter years later and most of the people that said that that were miserable every day I mean they came into work they were miserable they didn't like what they were doing. They said they're going to change it. They're going to change it. Well, I came in years later, and most of them were still there doing the exact same thing. And oh, wow. that was a big wake-up call for me. And a lot of them had been there with the company for 20, 30 years and were just miserable. And they always said, one day, one day, one day, and never did. So, uh, you know, that was a big realization. But as far as turning into a leader... Um, or feeling that I was, I would say after you get that first sign up, I got to be honest, it gives you so much confidence because you know that if you did it once, you can do it again. And when you do get that first sign up, you do have to take leadership for that person. You have to take ownership and responsibility for how they're brought into the business. You don't necessarily, you can't dictate what they're going to do because they may do absolutely nothing. And actually my first person ended up quitting. So no big deal. However, uh, it just, all of a sudden becoming responsible for one person made me feel like, okay, I really got to step it up. And now I'm accountable to someone else other than myself to do my work, to do it every day and to show them how it's done. 
So, you know, even before you recruit that first person, you can come across with that leadership mentality and, but, and that vision. But I would say once you just have even a small team, when you have other people that are counting on you, it really forced me to grow. And that's what I think is great about what we do is you have people counting on you every day. So it does force you to grow whether you want to or not. And there were certainly times where I didn't feel like it. But when you have people that are looking to you for training or looking to you to do a meeting or looking to you to, you know, show them how to say this or that to a prospect, you have to get up and do it. And there's nothing you can do about it. And at the end of the day, it makes you a better person and helps them along the way. Yeah, well, well said. I, I know you and I have uh, attended many events. I saw you uh, at a few uh, Live the Dream events. Um, I think I went to the very first um, event for in 09. I think 09 is when I joined MLSP and I got, I got into the industry of understanding how to do online marketing. There's other products before that, but um, I, I know that when it came to understanding how to brand yourself, that was for for me, it was an eye opener. It helped me out, but I also realized that the tech stuff, which was I, which is what I'm good at, um, may not always be the best approach to try to teach someone how to do that. Because when you come into this world, I in internet marketing, there's so many different angles. As you know, you can go in, sure. and I know your focus has been Facebook. Uh, you're very good at it. Um, one thing that I attribute to you is that you always provide more value than you know, then try to ask for the sale. And I believe you, you meet that 80% 20 rule, right? Which is 80% free value, 20% sales. What, what was that for you that, um, that allows you to help people duplicate through social media? Um, Cause that's always been my kind of hanging up is how do you go and spend time trying to teach people this angle? Or do you just send them to a tool or training? Um, but if I, if I'm a new person coming into your team, um, I know you're not actively building a network marketing company now, but at the time when you were, what, what's that training? Actually, I guess you're teaching this stuff now um, in your training, but w- what is that for you that uh, helps that new person get going so they don't become overwhelmed? Yeah, and thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, it's really, I teach people a framework to say things in and a framework to do things, but I don't teach them what to say. So you're teaching people how to think, not what to think. And I think that makes a big difference, especially on social media, because there's going to be a lot of different angles that come at you. And if you know exactly how to handle them, whether you're talking with someone one-on-one or you're trying to figure out where to find someone or how to find good prospects or how to attract good prospects on social media, you're going to know what to do because you're taught how to think about social media and about marketing versus, okay, here's exactly what you should be saying or doing. Because bottom line you're not me, I'm not you. And there's a million different people that have made a million dollars, but they all have done it in different ways because we all have different personalities, right? So you can be who you are. And I think that's a big mistake people make is they don't think they can be themselves. They just want to go out there and be someone else. And so that's what I instilled in the team members for duplication is, hey, be yourself. And it's amazing how, how many of them actually I did better because they just felt relief. They didn't feel like they had to be the super duper professional or or what have you. They felt relief if you just give them a framework of what to say and how to find people, um, even on social media. And so in my training, when I would bring someone on board, I would have them go through a, uh, 
a video. I would have them go through a video on different um, verbiage and different sayings uh, or formulas, I should say, to reach out to people on social media, how to bring them into the close. And then I would give them a daily method of operation as well, um, not only for actively reaching out to people and finding good people, but for building up their network on social media. Because the way I look at it is you, your whole success is based off of your network. And that really is in any business. It doesn't just have to be home business or network marketing or internet marketing. It's really based on your network and your following and the people that trust your product or trust you. And so if you can build your network and think of it as an actual network, as a relationship builder versus just fans or friends or followers or whatever, then you'll do well. So we all start at the same place. We've all started at ground zero on social media and we build it up over time. So if I can give you a framework to build your network, well, you'll not only be successful in this business, you'll be successful in every business moving forward because it's all about relationships. So whether you're with your business forever or you're with, you know, different businesses, it doesn't matter. And if I help you do that and I help you become self-sustainable and know how to build a, a steady income and a good business, then my hope is that, you know, you'll follow me for life or you'll be in my life for as long as you're an entrepreneur and I can benefit you. And so it's really a mutual relationship. So if you're that type of upline and you're that type of leader versus a here's exactly what to say and go do this or I'm not going to help you anymore, then people will respect you more and they'll actually do better in your organization. That's true. Cause I think when we come to the, I should say, I know when we come to this industry of wanting to work for ourselves, we're probably sick and tired of somebody telling us what to do. So the last thing we need is somebody else to tell us what to do, but rather, totally. you, know, you know, really listening to those powerful words. Um, like, you know, you need to do this. Uh, I used to say that in my, in my team, once I started learning the power of words, I would change it to now you deserve to do this, you know, some, some to that effect. And I can definitely I connect that. with that, you know, or let's so, do this together. Or let's do this together. Yeah. That, that way it takes the weight off. Cause, um, I'm, I'm working on a project now where we have the same personality, um, types. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's my next step is I think once you're really learning how to work with people, you want to know what type of personality they, they connect to. I know there's colors out there. There's, um, numbers, um, I recently took a personality test through a program called DISC. It's kind of popular in the, in yeah. kind of the the bigger, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yeah, but, absolutely. But I, I, I feel as an I, which is a uh, inspirational person, you know, a uh, person who likes to work with others, networking, and it's, it really helps you understand how to work effectively with people on your team. So if you have a group of um, subcontractors or people that uh, you want to build a business with, you understand what best fits their needs. That way you're, they're not feeling enclosed or, uncomfortable like you said doing something they're not comfortable doing so I, I like that you hit that on that um are, are you using any type of tools for that uh programs for like uh, understanding how to read people like i guess you're pretty comfortable now but when you first got started how did you know an eight type personality versus someone who's kind of shy you know well you know and um with our company now that we're transitioning more into a company than just an entrepreneur we are doing disc profiles and things like that with our employees and contractors and things like that for a training company. But okay. with the network marketing space, um, or when we were 
you know, not really building a huge company, but just working on becoming a better business owner and entrepreneur, we use the the colors, you know, and I think a lot of companies teach that and a lot of uh, trainers teach that is just red, blue, yellow, and green, um, which is, you know, like you said, the reds are, you know, more aggressive, more go after it, the A-type personalities. The blues like to have fun. The yellows love to help everyone. And then the greens are super analytical. And so there's different, a lot of trainers train on that. It's just a different type of, everybody uses pretty much the same, same assessment with the colors. You know, there's ruby, there's red, whatever you want to call it. But it's, it's helped me in that, you know, if somebody on social media would send me a huge long uh, message, which I really can't stand, but (laughs) I would go through it. Uh, yep. Somebody would send me a book of their life story on social media and then finally had a question at the end. I knew that they were more of a yellow type personality so I could talk to them differently. Or if somebody in the opposite way responded super short or it seemed, you know, kind of aggressive or sometimes even kind of rude, you know that actually that's not, they're not trying to be rude. That's just the way that they operate. My husband is a perfect example. He's very compassionate, really sweet guy. But he's a red type personality. He's actually a red yellow. So if you send him a long email, he's he's gonna roll his eyes. But and he might respond to you with a really short response. And it's not yep. that he's trying to be rude, it's just how he communicates. And so it's helped me in social media in that regard, really building relationships with people for sure. And not just in, in business, right? I mean I guess this can help you improve your marriage as well, because they can understand how to deal with that type of personality. Totally, totally. I mean, I know that he, you know, I can't come to him. Well, I could, and because it's me, he would listen. But for the most part, I, I don't come to him with, you know, long drawn out stories. I just get to the point. He's efficient. His time is valuable. And we both appreciate that about each other. And, and same with me is I'm more of a blue type personality. So he's more actually more introverted when he's on stage, when he's out and about, when he's doing his thing training, he becomes an extrovert because that's what's going to help people but at the core of it he's actually more introverted so but he knows that you know in order to make me fulfilled we need to go out and network and we need to be out there in public and be around a lot of people so it's just the difference between you know the different personality types and like you said in everything business and the marriage did did he inspire you to go speak on stage is that kind of when it triggered for you or when did that happen for you so, um, I've never, this is going to sound strange, but I've never had a big fear of public speaking. It certainly made me uncomfortable and I certainly wasn't good at it. Um, and in the beginning I wasn't great at it, but I've never had a big fear of public speaking. Uh, I don't know why I can't really tell you why I just, I want to be honest and say, I never, it never really bothered me to talk in front of people. However, I did have to talk over and over and over again and do it over and over and over again to get good at it. I was not good at it. My first presentation, I uh <laughs> I probably rehearsed that thing. It was a uh, for my company, it was my company PowerPoint. I rehearsed that thing about fifty times before I got up there oh, wow. and did it. And then the first time you get up there and do it, it's not that bad. You realize, oh, it's really not that bad. All I have to do is read off this chart and it'll be okay. So after that it was kinda just doing it over and over again, honestly, I can't, there's not too many tips I can give on public speaking other than 
you just have to get out there and do it. You either have just to force it. yourself or somebody mm. has to force you to get up there and, and just go for it. I mean, I probably wouldn't have done it. Not that I was super scared of it. It just, I didn't need to, cause I had great support, but one of my, uh, the first time I ever went up and did a company presentation, it was because one of our leaders flaked out and couldn't be there. And so all these people were showing up and I just had to do it. I didn't have a choice. So, you know, if you're not pushed or you don't push yourself, you'll probably always stay where you're at. So I would highly recommend, and not a month from now, not two months from now, do a presentation today, do a presentation mm. tomorrow. And whatever that means to you, a webinar, it could be a, a, phone, a conference call. My first conference call, I was so nervous. It was 10 minutes that I didn't know exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> so it could be whatever you want, but just getting out there and doing it over and over again. I like that. That's cool. You have a course called 10K Social Media Recruiting, I believe. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, can you cover what drove you to, I mean, you probably saw a need in the marketplace. Um, I can tell you from experience that in the last, it's weird, like within the last year, my engagement on Facebook literally has gone down to almost like no likes. Uh, some some posts I do get likes, some posts I don't. It depends if it's business related or if it's, you know, just regular life relations. Like I noticed when I'm with people and I tag them, I get more likes. Um, maybe drop us a nugget, if you will, um, based off your training. Why, why, what has changed on Facebook in the last couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. So I, to answer your first question, I created that course because I was doing, um, people were seeing what I was doing on social media and consistently asking me how I did it. And forever, I was just doing free videos here and there and, and giving people, you know, nuggets about things to do with reaching out to people or recruiting people online. And then I realized because people were still asking me, they were still asking me constantly, hey, I really would love to have a course. I would really love for you to put this in a structured format that I can follow. I really love. So I ended up doing this course, not thinking that anybody would buy it. Honestly, I thought maybe, you know, some of the people that we knew or some of our team would want to take advantage of it, but not really expecting much. And the course uh, ended up doing over a million in revenue within a month. And so it was just wow. an insane amount of people. Amazing. Yeah, it was, honestly, I'm still shocked by it. And the only reason I share that is because it's just a testament to how badly the marketplace needed something like it, because there's so many things out there that, um, you know, promise one thing, but deliver on another, or it's not duplicable for your team or what have you. And so I just created it based on what I've done, based on what I've done for duplication. And the best part of it is we have hundreds, if not thousands of people that have come out of that course and have really seen some major, major success. A lot of leaders you see today attribute their first training with my course and, you know, got them, got them up and coming in their company and rank advancing. So it's really exciting to see. And as far as uh, some nuggets about Facebook, there's so many changes that Facebook does on a daily basis. I mean, they change their algorithm all the time. The thing that will beat that every single time is consistency and relationships. If you build relationships on your social media, 
and you really make it so that people have a reason to go to your page versus just seeing it randomly, you'll out you'll outperform everyone. If you outwork everyone, you'll outperform them. So the best advice I can give is consistency and, uh, and giving people a reason to go to your page, building that relationship. Because they will, you know, I could give you advice today and then tomorrow it's like something different. <laughs> sure. And you want to take advantage of Facebook because it is the giant. Um, you know, most people are on it a majority of their day and it's the one that still the majority of people use. So you definitely want to take advantage of it. But if you just stick to those two principles, you'll, you'll definitely outperform your competition, no doubt. Who doesn't do that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, uh, I, I, can, I can definitely relate to that. You know, it's definitely consistency. Um, do you use any automated tools to keep in touch with people? Like, I don't know if any that are successful. I, I tried a few in the past, but I've actually had to delete a lot of people because they picked up uh, some wrong friends. So, sure, sure. Uh, any tools we, like we that do now we have an advertising company. Um, as far as automated tools, not really as far as reaching out to people or anything. The only thing that I've done on my page is um, I, I do have an automatic message when people message me just because Facebook does rank it higher, rank your page higher when you respond more to your messages. And so um, if somebody sends me a message, I have a, an automated reply that says, thank you so much for messaging us. We get, you know, a ton of messages every day, but we'll get back to you as soon as we possibly can, I promise. And oh, cool. the reason I put that is one, because, you know, I want people to feel important and I want them to know that I will get to them. And two, because we get like 50 to 60 messages a day on there. And so that's, that's one kind of automated thing that I do. But other than that, everything, it takes, doesn't take too much time. And uh, everything besides what the advertising company does is is us, you know, posting. Awesome, awesome. I uh, wanted to wrap up with a couple of questions here. Finally, and I really again appreciate your time. Um, what type of sacrifice do you do? I know having a being a full time mom. Um, what what, the, what does that average day look like for you? You can kind of give me that scenario because I think a lot of folks can relate to the havoc of, you know, having to pay for a mortgage, having to, you know, drive to a job if that's what they're still doing. Um, and then where, where does that fit in for you um, now that you don't have a job, but you have a full-time business and uh, your full-time family? It's changed so much. I just, you can't, and you know this being a dad, you just can't, you don't realize how, these kids change your life until you actually have them. You have all your ideals, you have everything that you can, that you think is going to happen in your mind. And then you have them and it's like the total opposite. (laughs) um, You know, my daughter is very headstrong. She's what the pediatrician calls a a kid that will know what she wants forever and no one will ever take advantage of her. Uh, she, She was a tough baby for sure, but she's just incredible and such a joy. And so I, a recommend that you get help, whether it's from a family member or from somebody, you know, that you can pay a little bit of money. Your time is super valuable. And if you just get help, even if it's a couple days a week, you'll get so much more done. So I have a lot of help, which is great. It doesn't really help you get away from that mom guilt. I don't really think there is anything that gets you away from that mom guilt. But you know, at the end of the day, 
that one day your kids, they're going to grow up. They're going to be their own people. They're going to watch what you do. They're going to emulate what you do. And one day they're just not going to need you as much anymore. And so that's how I really get through it is I know right now she needs me and I want to be there for as much as I possibly can. But every day I do at least one thing to move my business forward. It doesn't have to take, you know, eight hours, but it is one thing, whether that's a high level relationship I cultivate, whether it's a meeting, whether it's a, a video or, or working with our corporate team or whatever the case may be, one, one thing a day. And then the rest of the time is for her and, or, you know, for her family or what, what have you. And I just know that one day, like I said, she's going to grow up and she's not going to need me as much anymore. She's going to be her own person. And so I have to live my life too. And as parents, as, as entrepreneurs, we deserve that. And putting in the time and effort now will reap the, the reward down the road. Yeah, well, well said. I know for, for us, it's become difficult because my wife started homeschooling you know, for, she was a first grade teacher and then um, I brought her home to, in 2012 with our business. And she says, I want to just homeschool. So awesome. And so we started homeschooling. She starts implementing a lot of our faith beliefs into them, which I love because you don't get that so much in the school system. But uh, sure. the challenges now is that they're getting older and they were coming to me. Hey, dad, I got this idea. You know, right? one of the problems of being an open-minded entrepreneur is that you start implementing these seeds in your kids and they're like you now. You're like, how can you get mad at them for that? You know, so um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, so you know, it's uh, it, it definitely is something that I appreciate you sharing because uh, family and and, and and folks that are listening to this podcast should really appreciate when they see couples making it happen with a child. And not only do you have one child, but you actually have a few uh, older boys that uh, you have from raised family. So it's it, you're busy. I mean, you're you're a busy person, and and that balance of life is uh is what i appreciate because um you know how do you balance that out so um there one thing i know, do i do want to mention because i think it's important i'm so glad you brought it up is there's this there's this cultural shift happening and it's being glorified that you have to work really 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 hard and sacrifice everything and if you're not working every minute of the day then you're just not cutting it and mm-hmm. to in to a degree there's some truth to that, right? Because you can't just not take action and expect the results. It's just not going to happen. But this, that's really glorified, especially in American culture. And it's just not that way across the world in certain countries it is. And in certain countries it's not. And so there is some balance to that, but Ray and I, we really stand for, and I know you do too, that balance that you were talking about of, you don't just have to work yourself to the bone and sacrifice every moment that you'll never get back again, especially with your kids. And there is, there is a balance there. And if you can really just set aside some time and be very productive in that time versus, you know, playing with your computer or straightening your desk or whatever the case may be, you'll be amazed at what you can get done without having to sacrifice some fun in the process and also rewarding yourself when you do hit a milestone, when you hit a goal, people feel guilty for going out and being lazy for a day or, or taking their kids to the park when they could have been prospecting or whatever the case may be. You shouldn't feel guilty for that, especially if you've worked hard and you're hitting your milestones. Hmm. Yeah, no, good, good point. I, that is uh, something that, you know, I, I used to look up to a lot of leaders. I had a lot of friends and a lot of them 
I, I can't relate to them anymore because they drove themselves to <clears throat> basically uh, lose their family over chasing the buck. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, from the outside looking in and seeing those those relationships break up, it really breaks my heart seeing that happen because, um, you know, I looked up to them saying, okay, this is this is my coach, this is my mentor. Um, so this is one of the reasons why I reached out to you and Ray first is because um, these are the values that I want to take my business to the next level and being surrounded by that balance. And so I, that's something that I think should be a course in itself. <laughs> How do you balance your life? Oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, so, um, well, Jessica, I really appreciate your, your time. Uh, where should folks find you um, to connect? What's the best place? Yeah, I mean, the, probably the easiest place is just my, uh, my website. You can go to jessicahagden.com on there, and it's got all my contact information. Perfect. Perfect. Well, you have a great start of the new year, and again, I appreciate your time, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much, Caesar. Appreciate you and what you're doing is just awesome. So honored to be on here. Thank you. Take care now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up our first episode of Embedded Strategies podcast. And make sure to look out for the next podcast, which will be released here shortly. And always remember, take lots of action and make it happen in your business today. May you have a wonderful day and God bless. Oh, 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 oh,